0: Welcome in the house of fun, welcome in the house of fun, welcome in the house of fun. All right, well, let's get started, man. Welcome to Don't Shoot the Gingers, episode 60. I'm your co-host, Greg Larson.
1: And I'm John Giles, a very pleased sports fan, very pleased sports fan today.
0: What just happened?
1: Two things happened. Four, Four things happened. Um... The Ravens just beat the Titans, giving Lamar Jackson the first win in the playoffs in his career. And I'm a big Ravens fan, so this is a good good plus for me. Um, and then the Winthrop Eagles beat Gardner-Webb earlier today, which doesn't mean anything to most people. Um, but <laughs> my sister just said she was going to bail out. Uh <laughs> Uh, Winthrop Eagles just won, and now they're continuing to be undefeated. They're one of, I think, eight teams left undefeated in the country. So uh, wow, we'll just keep this streak alive and go undefeated to the tournament so we can get, like, a nine seed. I, I think if we're undefeated, if we're 27-0 and 0 going into the NCAA tournament, they can't give us less than, like, a 12 seed. So somewhere in that nine to 12 range, I kind of don't want to be a nine seed because then you have to play a one seed in the second round. Mm-hmm. So I want to stick in that, like, 11-12 range.
0: Ooh, so... Uh, have they? What was their non-conference schedule like?
1: Ooh, uh, good teams, good teams. So um, we played Arkansas Little Rock, which was, a, I believe, a tournament team last year, or, or supposed to be. I think they were in line to be a tournament team last year before the tournament didn't happen. Um, they played Furman, and they smoked Furman, and Furman was, you know, everyone's darling in the mid majors. Uh, they beat UNC Greensboro, which is another really good team in the Southern Conference, and. We were supposed to play Duquesne, which was a good team, and I want to say the Atlantic Ten or something, but that te- that game didn't happen because uh, of COVID.
0: Gotcha. So
1: we've had every team that we were supposed to beat, we beat, and every team that we were supposed to lose to, we beat. So.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I love it, dude. Um, uh, down here in Austin right now, there's l- actual snow, like. A lot of times when people in the South see sleet, they call it snow. Or when they see kind of like big raindrops, they call it snow. But like this is legit actual snow in Central Texas. Very like rare. The
1: powder, you can go and play with it and actually throw snowball fights and stuff?
0: Uh, I don't know if it's snowball quality yet. Um, but it's like scraping off your windshields. I need a uh, duster. I'm not going to drive anywhere tonight kind of level.
1: And this is a first for you, right? You're from central Minnesota. You've probably never seen a snowfall before. So now that you moved to Texas for the weather, for the snow, uh, yeah. here you are, man. Lucky for you. Dude,
0: I hate people who go from, from cold climates to warm climates and then see the excitement of warm climate people seeing snow for the first time all year or like maybe the first time in their lives. And they're like, oh, this is nothing compared to like Michigan yeah. or Minnesota. It's like, dude, go fuck yourself. It's like so... <laughs> Those jaded assholes, I hate it. It's like the excitement of people in southern states for snow rubs off on me. I fucking love it, dude.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I've been driving in central Ohio since the 1970s. You think two inches of snow is going to hurt me? Yeah. Go back to central Ohio. Why are you exactly? North Carolina? I,
0: I also kind of forgot about like being called a northerner. That was something I didn't know was a thing until I moved to South Carolina. Like people saying. People using "northerner" as though it was a proper noun uh, that had just never crossed my mind before.
1: Well, also, was is it used negatively? Like, "Ugh, you're a northerner."
0: Uh, no, it was kind of with a weird sense of reverence. Actually, that made me even more uncomfortable. I wish it had been an insult.
1: <laughs> so, I I know that Minneapolis or your is it Minneapolis or St. Paul that you're directly like associated with?
0: No, I mean I went to school in St. Paul. I was in the suburbs. Like, I, I okay. grew up in the suburbs.
1: So I know. That part of Minnesota is still Northern America, no matter where yeah. you are, Minnesota is North, but I still don't think of it as North. I consider that like Midwest. When I think of North, I, I think like New England, like yes. from the North is you're from like New Hampshire or Massachusetts or, you know, I don't think Minnesota is North.
0: Oh, that's because you have half a brain, whereas a lot of the people who would say that kind of shit at school, they would just think, oh, he's from north of the Mason-Dixon line. Therefore, sure. he, may as well, he may as well be from fucking Brooklyn, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like equated from some guy from fucking Queens.
1: That's, I mean, it's, that's the same logic as like, oh, yeah, Portland, you're from the north. Well, <laughs> yes. sure, I guess.
0: <laughs> yes, like in some continent, like if uh, it was Europe, we'd be in completely different, uh, you know, cultures and countries.
1: You you've always had that uh, that northern lifestyle man you're you're a Scandinavian uh culture and you're Minnesota now so like I said you're in Texas you're seeing snow for the first time in your life it's uh it's good man
0: <laughs> yeah good. dude it was weird um this week, so um Padre Island is Portland is filled with nothing goddamn right burns Portland is a hell is a communist hellscape if I ever saw one <laughs> you got it right dude Welcome to, the Al- Welcome to the John Giles and Alex Jones experience. Um, I was at uh, South Padre Island last night uh, and I went, okay, first of all, like if you go to a national park, like they're usually pristine, clean, like they keep them really clean. Um, South Padre Island, in a sad way, is the beach is full of garbage, like just ocean garbage, like just washes on not shore. Human
1: gar- not human garbage, not like it's filled with just trashy people.
0: Oh, right. Uh, just like bottles and stuff, okay, um, okay, which is so sad because a lot of it looks really weather worn. So it looks like it's been in the sea for months or years and it's just washed up. It's super sad, um, but it's a beautiful spot. It's not so much garbage that it's, it, it's a lot. It's more than zero garbage, which I'm not used to in a national park, but I get there and I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about camping overnight and she, and the lady at the booth She said, oh, like, do you have a specific campground in mind? I was like, well, what are the options? She said, well, you could go to this campground, that campground, or you could go to the beach. I was like, what's the beach? And she said, said, just go to the end of the road and just pull in any spot you want. I said, what? And she said, well, the road just turns into the beach. Was
1: your question, where's the beach, as if, like, just keep driving east until you fucking see the beach
0: (laughs) the confusing part is she said just keep driving straight until you run into the beach that's where i was like fuck what the hell is going on and she said just park your car on the beach i said are there any fire rings she said no just dig a hole (laughs) like okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna like hurt a natural habitat like sea turtles might be nesting
0: where i'm digging a (laughs) hole. exactly like it's a big sea turtle habitat um so I get to the end of the road and straight up the road is just the like driving on the ocean. Not the ocean, but the gulf uh, It's a funky experience, man. Like you have to, you have to hit. It feels a lot like driving in the snow. I'll put it that way. Like you start skidding on, on sand and shit. Oh,
1: sure. You got to find like a divot and just ride that divot all the way.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, but last night I had a fire on the beach. I got sand. Like there's sand Wind was blowing really low and I got sand all over my hot dogs. So like when I was crunching it, I thought it was onions at first. Then I was like, oh, my mouth is full of sand right now. Um, but it was beautiful out there. So I have sand all in my car and I come back here and there's snow everywhere. It's quite an odd feeling.
1: How far away is the, the beach uh, from your place in Austin?
0: Uh, that Padre Island in particular is about a four hour drive.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So you went on a little little journey for this.
0: Yeah, I didn't have any shows last night, and I was just like, fuck it, dude. I wanted like, not be in the city for a couple hours, and it felt really good. I, read, I finished reading the book, and I cried my eyes out. It was an amazing uh, graphic memoir called uh, Blankets.
1: Uh, oh, I was going to assume it was like Twilight. <sighs> That's a graphic memoir. They're vampires, and that is very graphic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, tried, I tried watching Twilight, the first one, and uh, even as a joke, I had a hard time. The baseball scene was good. The the twilight No it
1: wasn't. No, it was not a good baseball scene. It was was so good. The worst baseball scene I've ever seen in any movie. There are there there's a necessity in in baseball movies, or in movies in general that aren't baseball related, but have baseball scenes. They need to reach out to people that are associated with the sport to be like, Hey, does this make sense? Is this something that would happen in baseball? Because that was the most nonsensical, absurd baseball scene. I don't know why they even put it in there it doesn't have anything to do with the plot of the movie
0: but don't you see that's what makes it so so great but that's why it's so great it's like what we were talking about last week about how movies can be so bad that they're good that baseball scene was so bad that it was hilarious
1: like the wind-ups were not even like obviously not proper mechanics you're not going to get actors to get proper pitching mechanics.
0: (laughs) (laughs) way to reach a balance point fucking robert (laughs) patterson
1: (laughs) so piss poor it like oh it bothers me to no end bothers me to know it and i see it now anytime i watch any tv show or, or movie that has a baseball scene in it i see it and i start finding like the weaknesses in the scene like okay well in a span of eight seconds in the scene you just said batters up he hit a ground rule double oh the next runner's in to score oh home runs so eight seconds just elapsed this is rob Manfred's wet dream of eight batters hitting up, up to place <laughs> topical oh, these things are so bad man
0: fuck yeah dude slitting
1: a- higher you can pay me a dollar and I will be better at any of these baseball experts that are on your movies and TV shows.
0: Dude, I absolutely love the fact that you slid in a, a thinly veiled critique of current commissioner Rob Manfred in, in your critique of Twilight. I love it. I'm all about it. Fuck any commissioner. The only commissioner that was ever any good was Bud Selig. He had his flaws, but I think at least he fucking loved baseball.
1: Oh, uh, Paul Giamatti's dad wasn't
0: a good commissioner <laughs> you just like him you just like him because he was on the back of our fucking shirts in college that's the only reason you like him because you have a thin connection to him somehow
1: Sure, we are, are, are if giamatti was a kappa sigma correct or i i assume he was i don't know why was he on the back of our shirts
0: of the blue line like all the the Winter blue line shirt that oh, everyone oh, oh, that
1: was the blue line shirt i thought you meant a kappa sigma
0: shirt oh i don't think so
1: a. Bartlett-Giamatti. You're right. That was the blue line shirt.
0: Yes. Uh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Say what you will about him. He uh, he seemed like actually kind of a stern asshole. I don't know. I can't even think of any other commissioners.
1: Bud Selig allowed a tie in a game that des- decided the home field advantage for the World Series.
0: No, it didn't. It, it decided it after that. That's the, oh, that's that's the right, game that, was, that led to that choice. Yeah. So you could say that he actually made the game better by fucking up one all-star game.
1: I don't think that's better. I don't think the winner of an exhibition series should get who gets the home field advantage for the World Series.
0: What? Okay, how, what would be a better way to choose it?
1: Uh, a coin flip is a better way than who wins an exhibition game. No,
0: but then you make... Okay, okay. The all-star game in baseball is not like any other exhibition game like you can go full speed in an, a baseball all-star game and players do whereas like in basketball or football or like another high contact sport it's like way too risky to go full speed so they don't try so it doesn't mean shit.
1: but a manager's strategy is not the strategy you would do in a real game you're not going to pitch in a real world series game you're not going to pitch a pitcher every three of every three batters you're not going to all have all this recycled pitching if a manager wanted to win the All Star Game, he could, and he could screw over all of his players by only starting his best pitcher, and then his best reliever, and then his best closer. But the All Star Game tradition is everyone gets an inning. So even though this guy might not be the best pitcher, he still gets in there because oh, good, good for you, you made the team. And that logic, if an all, if a manager for an All Star team wanted to win the world or get the home field advantage in the World Series, he could get rid of tradition and just play his best lineup, and then it would be not a fun All Star Game. Because you but want the, to see everyone.
0: So you're saying that you have a better chance of winning by letting your pitcher go, say, five innings than you do using a new all-star caliber pitcher every single inning?
1: I, I believe so, yeah. Because not every all-star caliber – the problem is every team has to have an all-star. Yes. And with that But not said, every all-star
0: has to play, though. They try no, to get we, a lot of guys playing time, but not all of them well, have to play.
1: When it comes to pitchers, most of them do. You get nine or ten pitchers every single game uh, and you're only rostering 13. So if that pitcher happens to be John means of the Orioles, John means is not one of the best 10 pitchers in baseball. He just happens to be the best player on a bad team. So when all the other best pitchers, when you're going through, this is going to be the wrong AL NLs, but when you're going through Scherzer and Verlander and, um, sale, this is like three years ago, Chris sale, David price, three years ago, David price, Mm -hmm. uh, It doesn't make sense for John Means to be in that list. Like, don't give him playing time just because he happened to be the winner on the Orioles.
0: So I don't get how that demeans the ability for it to decide an important uh, outcome in the season.
1: Because managers stick with the traditional way of doing things. Like, how they've always done it for 40 years of letting everyone get playing time. And if a manager decided, and this hasn't happened yet, but if a manager just said, like, hey, I want Scherzer to go seven innings... And screw Scherzer for his next uh, pitching, uh, whatever pitching matchup for the Nationals. I will win this game, and hopefully, I'll get the World Series advantage if my team makes it to the World Series. And it just isn't in the spirit of the game. And I don't know. That's why. That's
0: why it's never happened. It's like there's the confines of the. I know the gentleman's agreement is usually used for like racist terms, but I I mean <laughs> it here. <laughs> Originally, it was used to keep like Jackie Robinson out of the game, but like. The gentleman's agreement of baseball of like, we're going to do everything in our power to win the game and also play it in a way that doesn't fuck everybody over. I think you can actually get away with that in baseball, whereas it's harder in other sports.
1: I I just feel like you shouldn't use an exhibition game that literally anyone, especially a fan voted exhibition game, not necessarily the best players. This is just an assortment of random people that happen to make this, this roster. Especially when you look at how these fans are voting, how they're filling the rosters with their particular teams. Like when the Kansas City Royals have seven All-Stars. It's like the Royals team should not affect the World Series home field advantage. I don't know. That's the part, the player,
0: the fan vote I didn't think about.
1: Maybe things like run differential should be the home field advantage decider. Or anything, any stat you want to bring up, exhibition is not the thing that you should do.
0: But well, wouldn't you say? I agree. I hadn't thought about the the fan vote parts because that could wind up being the difference maker in a World Series. Just because somebody's like, "Oh, I want Kevin Muculus to uh, be the starter."
1: Let's say, let's say the Orioles, uh, uh, again, a bad franchise, yeah. a team that does not field a lot of All Stars. Let's say Orioles fans came out in droves and selected the starter for every single player. Uh, every single position on the American league team next year and first base catcher, second pitchers, every single position is an Oriole because the fans voted that way. The American league is at a severe disadvantage Mm -hmm. against the national league in this all-star game. So odds are the national league is going to get the home field advantage of the world series because fans deemed it. So
0: has it happened that a fan or that a team has been handicapped so badly by fan votes that it's been an out sure. edge.
1: So the Royals of, I want to say two or three years ago, had seven players make the roster. And they were fine players, but they were not all-star caliber. It's like Alberto Mondesi is like, okay, well, he's probably like a top seven player in his position. But no, he's mm-hmm. not number one. Uh, but but what Royals was the outcome of the up, game? Oh, I couldn't. Oh, I Now couldn't we, tell you, we have to look, look that up.
0: Yes, we have to look that up and see the outcome of the World Series as well that year.
1: All right, Royals All Star. Um, it's Game two thousand fifteen. Uh, okay, the two thousand fifteen All Star. I just hold on.
0: Burns okay. chimed in a few minutes ago and said, "Baseball is what he has issues with, not the vampires." I think related to <laughs> 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 while <I had> criticism. <laughs> So, all right, in the two
1: thousand fifteen All Star game, the Royals yep. had Sal Perez, catcher, Alcides Escobar, shortstop. Lorenzo Cain outfield, Alex Gordon outfield, Mike Moustakas is on the bench as third base. Uh, and sorry, all those guys were starters until I said Mike Moustakas. So all these oh. guys had enough votes to be the starters. Uh, and then the pitchers, they had one, two, three pitchers, uh, two pitchers on the roster. So I think seven. did so
0: the over. Royals win the World Series that year anyway?
1: Uh, let's see, 2015. Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> 2015. MLB World Series. <laughs> yes, the Royals
0: won the World Series that year. So, what well, then who and also who won the All-Star game? Not it does matter, but the greater uh, point Amer-
1: that, uh, American League. The the Royals team won the All-Star game.
0: So the team that, the, the team that had the inflated representation in the All-Star game wound up not only winning the All-Star game but also winning the World Series.
1: Okay, you got lucky on that one. <laughs> you got lucky on that one.
0: I mean, that's both. That's both of the things. If it had just been the World Series.
1: I'll admit that exact example blew up in my face. Uh, so to our listeners at home, that's your challenge, just to find me an example that won't blow up in my face.
0: I mean, there'd have to be. I mean, that, that must be the anomaly. But there can't be that many examples of, of teams' fan bases um, uh, like totally actually, watering down.
1: Not not uh, too far earlier in the year, maybe 2012 2013 the Orioles did have a, a pretty significant number of uh, All Star selections that was more than what they probably should have had I think the entire infield was Orioles um, mm. and they they were not um, even in the World Series that year yeah but moving on from baseball this is not a hundred percent about baseball Greg first off I want to point out to you that your beard is looking nice you trimmed it up
0: uh yeah i went to the barber sometime recently
1: you you look handsomer than usual usually you. you look mangy but now yeah. it's straight and uh and I, I believe some people might have a crush on you that are listening that are watching right now on the live stream
0: yeah it's just me i it doesn't even say you're there it just says one it just says me and you i guess
1: well, technically i'm not watching the live stream i'm watching the zoom call so maybe instagram is is learning <laughs> to figuring out where my eyes are going <laughs>
0: yeah i get on the handsome note there have been a couple of times it's flattering but there have been a couple of times out shows where people introduce me as being a cutie pie or like as being a good looking guy which is not a good introduction for a comedy show you know what i mean
1: no you kind of want to be like not necessarily ugly but like i don't know unattractive people are funny like is that is that a that's a it's a weird thing to say out loud but that's yeah. like a mantra, right? That's like a traditional thing. That, like movies are like the goofy guy is the unattractive guy.
0: I agree, like for the most part. But I, I either way, you wouldn't say here comes an ugly fuck coming up to stage any more than you should say here comes a handsome guy coming up to stage. Either one is irrelevant. To keep it to yourself.
1: Also, I feel like if you said here comes an ugly fuck coming up on stage, you actually might get a few extra laughs. That's like, true. That's funnier than like here's the cutie pie that I want to give a smooch to later. Like, that's not as yes.
0: funny. Uh, I totally agree. Um, I just had to get that off my chest. Or off my beard, yeah. I guess.
1: Off your beard, yeah. Well, it's a good-looking beard, man. You're cutie pie. That's your new nickname for the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> Greg, earlier in the week, I asked you five – I asked you to give me a list of things that you're an expert on. And it is because yeah. I want to play a game with you. It's in the spirit of popular game shows like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, like Go Fact Yourself, um, it's not at all like Jeopardy, but I'm going to say it's a lot like Jeopardy. Are those uh, first
0: two things actual game shows?
1: Yeah. Wait, wait, don't tell me and go fact yourself. There are incredible Ooh. game shows. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me is done by NPR. Uh, Peter Sagal. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a great game show host and wait, wait, don't, I'm sorry. Uh, go fact yourself is done by, uh, Jay Keith van Kirkenst whatever his name is. He has a very long name. Um, but it's a newer show, but it's, it's a, it's a fun one as well. Um, I asked you what you are an expert in. I said I wanted you to give me a list of at least three things that you are a an easy expert in that is not in your field of study. So you're a writer. So I didn't want you to give me like, you know, anything about literature. The things you chose were the 2012 to 2013 Aberdeen Ironbirds, which mm-hmm. as we talked about previously, you, you uh, were the clubhouse manager there. You chose camping. Oh, boy. Uh, you chose basic car repairs you chose ah. geo guesser which is an app and ah. classic movies
0: fuck so, Craig, I, you know how i knew i was fucked is that when when you started before you said the categories i didn't even know what they were that's how <laughs> little my expertise actually is
1: also you gave me 5 and i was only hoping <laughs> for like 3 <laughs> um but why okay so 2012 2013 iron birds that's pretty self-explanatory you were the clubhouse yep. manager you were involved in the everyday why, why camping? Obviously, you, we talked about camping earlier. How, how much of an expert are you in camping? Uh,
0: it's just a thing. I was literally thinking of things that I do. I do like three things. Okay. I write, I go to stand-up comedy, and I like clean. That's it. I mean, I literally do like nothing else. So like <laughs> it was so – I was like, well, what's a thing that I do outside of that? Okay, camping is one thing. So
1: camping okay so but are you an expert in it like you could tell me all the different types of tents
0: oh god no i literally just sleep in my car i'm telling i was reaching that's why the the fact that i gave you five categories is not a sign of like my competence it's a sign of my insecurity (laughs) i was like just something work
1: okay uh so why why basic car repair same general premise you have you have an idea of how to do basic car repairs
0: yeah oddly enough i'm probably better at basic car repairs than camping because camping isn't really a skill it's just like a it's really an absence of skill. It's just going out and doing nothing. Ooh,
1: I think I would disagree with you. I believe camping is a skill. I I don't camp, and I don't know. I don't know if I could by myself for long. I think like two nights, sure, no problem. Yeah. If I had to camp by myself for a week, I might die. I get it. Like, I, I believe there was a firm skill, whether that's building a fire from scratch or catching your own food. I don't know if that's camping. Does that include camping? I feel like that's like being on the show Survivor.
0: Yeah, I would go... That would that would start moving into bushcraft. That is beyond my skill set. I'm okay. just... I'm, camp- I'm somewhere between glamping and outdoorsmanship. Okay.
1: And I, it's the same for um, basic car repairs. Like, I know how to change a tire. I know how to... Jump start a car, but like hell, even changing my oil. I'm like, oh, ah, I'll pay someone to do that. I don't know. Geo Guesser. I am not 100% sure what that is.
0: Ah, it's that one I actually am pretty good at. It's this game, it's a weird game where you have Google Street View, right? This game gives you five locations on Google Street View. You have no other information other than you can move around on the street you're in a random place in the world and you have a map and you have to pick on the map where you think you are. Just based is like on- a
1: cont- choice or is it just like,
0: here's map, a map of the world? Choice. Here's a map of the world, pick your- Oh. And you get points based on how close you, you guess. But the thing is, once you keep playing, you start to learn patterns of like how to recognize street signs and how to recognize license plates that are from certain continents and languages and stuff. And I've gotten pretty good at it
1: how far away from the central zone can you go? You said you can move down the street. Can you like go seven miles down the street until you're in Reykjavik?
0: Yeah, I mean, you could just keep going on forever, which seems like, oh, that'd be easy. But it's it, it's uh, it's pretty tough because most of the world is pretty remote. Sure,
1: yeah. And it, it doesn't give you a city. It doesn't drop you in the middle of like Times Square. It's literally a random latitude It's line. random.
0: It's completely oh, wow. random.
1: That sounds harder. That sounds harder than than it needs to be.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why it's so addicting. It's just an interesting puzzle to solve. I think.
1: Uh, What's your general success rate?
0: So it's out of, it's out of five thousand. Each guest gets a score of out of five thousand points. So each game is up to twenty five thousand points because you get five places. My best score I think is twenty two thousand some. Oh, so so you probably
1: got all five correct, but like within a, uh, you were off by a, a few miles.
0: I think it was like three I got exactly correct, and two I was like in the same c- country.
1: Okay. Ah, pretty solid. So yeah. the last one is classic movies. That so one I'm how, better at. Yeah. Okay. But as I would say, how far back can you go in classic movies? The original talkies?
0: Uh, not, I mean, as far as talkies, well, original talk. I mean, silent movies like Buster Keaton. Uh, i've seen the general uh, what's that
1: charlie charlie chaplin and those guys as well
0: no i didn't i haven't seen any charlie chaplin movies but like i'd say more like 40s 50s like afi top 100 i'm pretty good with those
1: okay good well we will see what we're gonna do today uh yeah
0: i'm nervous okay
1: you gave me five and i selected two Okay. So you have, I suppose we can open this up. Uh, we you have one of two options. You can either do both of them. Yes. Or you can uh, allow me to do a coin flip, which we're going to have to do a remote control flip. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you like to do one or two of them?
0: Two, two. Give me- do, I do both? Yeah, yeah. Spring, right. pray, baby.
1: All right. Then the very first one we're going to do is classic movies.
0: Okay. Thank God. Okay. I have a chance.
1: Okay. So the format of this is it's going to be four questions. Easy question, medium question. Easy questions are worth three points. Medium questions worth five points. Hard questions are multi-part questions, and each part you get is three points each. And then the fuck off questions are multi-part. Each ones are five points each. Okay, gotcha. I'm going to keep track of a score over here with my wife's work notebook. She'll love this. (laughs) All right. Number one, easy question in the movies. Which classic movie character responds to I love you with I know?
0: Ah, that's Han Solo, baby. All
1: right, Han Solo. You got three points. Ding, ding, nice. ding, ding, ding. This is where I'm get gonna the put in a line little, by the way. a little new noo- a little noise, and it just goes ding 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 ding. Fuck yeah. jingle. What if I if you get it wrong, what would you like the noise to be?
0: Uh, just the sound, whatever sound disappointment makes. Like oh Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. I like the oh okay. Fun Maybe fact about watch.
0: that fun Wait. fact about that line, George Lucas wrote in I love you too, but uh, Harrison Ford thought that was a chicken shit line and he improvised it. I know. Uh,
1: So I did read about that and Carrie Fisher was pissed that he improvised it. Oh, I didn't read that part. Yeah, she like, apparently afterwards, she was like, what the fuck? Medium medium level question. The 1946 classic starring Jimmy Stewart was obviously It's a Wonderful Life. Where does It's a Wonderful Life take place? Bailey Falls, Genesee Falls, Bedford Falls, Potter Falls, or Sycamore Falls?
0: Oh my god, that's one of those I've never even... I take an active um, effort in not watching it for some reason. Okay, Genesee Falls... uh, Genesee reminds me of uh, New York. Now, would this take place in New York? Sycamore, it's a type of tree. And Bedford Falls, what were the other two?
1: Bailey and Potter. (sighs) Yeah.
0: Potter's talk- Potter and Genesee are saying something to me. Potter Falls, though. Uh, I'm going to go with-
1: you, Before you answer, all five words are associated with the movie. Whether they're oh, someone's just- last name, or there's a city or a street or something. So all five are associated with the movie. So none of them are out in left field.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Bedford Falls, actually.
1: Ding 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 ding. Nice.
0: George Bailey lived in Bedford Falls, and
1: the he had a housing community, Bedford Park or something, and then Potter Field was the, the other housing community. The streets that he lived on, or uh, like just the streets that were associated with the city were Genesee Street and Sycamore Street.
0: Fuck so uh, pulled that one out you, of my ass.
1: Absolutely. I, 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 was, I was thinking you were gonna go Sycamore, and I could have gone, oh, <laughs>
0: I'm sure you'll have a All right. chance.
1: All right. You're up to eight points out of eight. Hard questions. Three points each. Oh, shit. What is the highest grossing movie from the following decades? And we're going to go 2010, 2000, 1990, 1980, 1970. So okay. then the last five decades, this decade, not with because this decade has not been good for movies. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> but 2020,
1: 2021 has not been good for movies. So starting in 2010, work backwards. Highest grossing movie, adjusted for inflation, of each of those decades.
0: Adjusted for inflation. Okay, so the 2010s, I have to think when Avatar came out. I think it came out in the 2010s. I'm going to say Avatar.
1: Avatar, I will I, – mm, how am I going to do this? I've already given it away. Avatar is in the 2000s, just the regular 2000s. Ah. It was released in 2009 to $3.25 billion. Shit. So The 2010s are still available and 1990, 1980, 1970
0: fuck so does that mean that i already have two decades or i only have the 2000s wrong
1: i I suppose you can re-guess on the 2010s
0: okay um hmm 2010s you had all those fucking avengers movies i'm gonna say it's one of the avengers movies i'm gonna say avengers the last the last avengers endgame
1: avengers endgame ding 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 nice (laughs) All right, uh, that one went uh, released in two thousand nineteen for two point eight billion dollars.
0: Woo! Okay, now I got to so, do the nineties,
1: nineties, eighties, and seventies.
0: Okay, so nineties, you had fucking, you had Jurassic Park, you had Titanic, um, you had the Star Wars Episode One. Oh man! Oh,
1: Fancy Menace. Jar Jar I'm... Binks coming in with three billion dollars. You think Jar Jar got three billion dollars?
0: <laughs> I think it was Titanic for sure.
1: Ding, 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 ding! Woo! Titanic, you're up to eighteen out of twenty three points.
0: Okay, in the nineteen eighties, you had like your ETS. You had, um, you had it, Return of the Jedi. You had, man, what are the big eighties movies? You probably had like Mad Max. I don't know how big that one was. <sighs> I'm gonna go ET,
1: dude. On a roll, on fire right now. <laughs> ET is correct. Nice. You okay. are killing it right now. <laughs> okay,
0: seventies is pretty tough because there's a lot of really uh, good. ET
1: yeah. was 1982 for 2.5 billion. Wow. 1970s. So 1970... Oh,
0: adjusted for inflation. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Adjusted for inflation. 1970s.
0: Yeah, 70s hard. There's all I'll sorts say- of great movies. Yeah.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say this one. I'll give you the number ahead of time: three billion. Wow. So three billion dollars adjusted for inflation.
0: Okay, so you have the Star. You have Star Wars. You have Return of the Jedi or uh, Empire Strikes Back. You have like Taxi Driver, Tootsie, pff, fucking probably Apocalypse Now. Jesus. I mean, I gotta go Star Wars first one.
1: Four out of five. Nice. Man and. Not only four out of five you also guessed the fifth one just in the wrong decade avatar wow. was the 19 or the 2000s dead on number 1 so you picked Woo. the best five movies you were off on one man you were you were doing better than i assumed you are in fact an expert in movies nice. um, do i go back to the 60s or is that it uh that's it i stopped oh,
0: god <laughs> that was so stressful okay
1: i will say um I can't remember what it was. There was one in the sixties. There was one in the fifties. And then there was one in the thirties in the top 10 of all time. Hmm. The 1940s is the only decade that doesn't have one in the top 10. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Well, after the 1930s, 1939 was gone with the wind. It's still number one. And then everything else. I don't remember the sixties, or the fifties, um, the fuck off question.
0: Oh God. Okay. Okay.
1: Feel free to tell me fuck off the first male actor to ever win $1 million or to win, to ever earn $1 million for a movie was Marlon Brando getting those seven digits playing Fletcher Christian in mutiny at the bounty in 1962. Wow. The very next year, what famous leading lady, and I have to scroll down because I wrote too long of a question. The very next year, what famous leading lady was the first female actor to earn $1 million? What was the movie? What was her uh, eponymous role? And which film studio oh. was nearly bankrupted by making this movie, the most expensive movie ever made to that point?
0: Wow. Okay. So in 1963, she played her. She played a, a role that was named after herself. Uh, let's see. Who do we have back then? Do we have Grace Kelly? Or or yeah.
1: eponymous also could be. She, it was she played a role named after the movie.
0: Ah, I see. That's what that means. Okay. Oh man. So man, my first instinct. When was Breakfast at Tiffany's? Audrey Hepburn would have been playing Tiffany. That's technically eponymous. Uh, no, actually, she's playing Holly Golightly. Never mind. <laughs> um, oh man, sixties. Who else do we have? Grace Kelly, even Reese Saint's. Um, boy, this is hard. Marlon Brando was just got his big money. Okay,
1: so that was nineteen sixty two. Was Marlon Brando? We're looking nineteen sixty three first female actor to ever earn one million dollars for her performance
0: this is a this is really hard man i'm trying to fuck off
1: question for a reason
0: i know this is good but i'm just trying to even think of actresses from this time period from the 60s i also
1: didn't use a trivia website for these i made these questions up this is this is i'm proud of these questions
0: yeah holy shit yeah did you just like look this up on imdb
1: uh, little we'll Google yeah
0: Wow okay I'm trying to put myself back into the 60s. So what movies do we have in the city like one flew over the kookies nest I think it was 70s or 80s uh, 60s movies
1: It's the so most expensive in. movie ever made up to that point.
0: Oh oh interesting was it Liz Taylor and Cleopatra?
1: Ding, 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 ding,
0: ding.
1: <laughs> Alright, so technically you got two because you said Cleopatra. Cleopatra and the movie was Cleopatra. Now, if you can get this last part, which studio was nearly bankrupt, not because of the money they paid her, but it cost $38 million to make this movie. Which studio was nearly bankrupt and for the next seven years had to cancel productions of, like, Marilyn Monroe movies and legit projects they had to sell 180 acres of a back lot just to pay for this movie.
0: I'm gonna say MGM Studios.
1: It was twentieth Century Fox, which now oh. is
0: 20th century. Fox. Wow.
1: Uh, I will give you an opportunity let me write down fifteen points there, because you got fifteen, you're up to you're up to forty three points. I'll give you an opportunity for ten bonus points to eclipse fifty in this round. Okay. If you can say how long the movie was originally cut for, the directors of this movie filmed. Uh. And it was originally cut for a, a number of months, a number of days, hours, however long. It was cut down to four hours.
0: I don't, I don't follow the question.
1: It was, it was released for four hours, but the original cut that was never released, they had to cut oh, I see. X, x hours of film off because gotcha. it was absurdly long, and no one would ever sit in the movie theater that long. How long was it originally filmed for? Uh,
0: is the do I have to go round numbers of hours?
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. okay.
0: Six hours. Six hours. Ten more
1: points. Man, <laughs> nice. my questions suck.
0: <laughs> no, these are great questions. I would have never gotten the Liv Tyler one if you hadn't said that it was the highest, the most expensive film ever made until that point.
1: So that was actually in the question as I wrote it originally. Uh, that was oh. the last little tidbit of my question. Um, it was my. It was a little maybe too much of a clue. So, but you got 53 out of an available. 63 points. I don't know wow. why I gave a, an option of 63 total points for <laughs> 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 got a round. He's 63.
0: 63.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. So you're off to a good start. Now there wow. is a round two. Do you need to take a break? Do you need to take a potty break, something to uh, get your mind Or do you just want to roll your momentum? Just roll your momentum and push through.
0: Well, I, want, I have one Topo Chico left, but it's in my car. Uh, I yeah. think I'm just going to roll through and push the momentum on.
1: All right. The second topic that you chose is the 2012 to 2013 uh, Aberdeen Ironbirds. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do that one, mainly because I couldn't possibly think of trivia questions for camping, basic car repairs, or geo-guessers.
0: <laughs> like, we got you. I couldn't
1: think of, I, there's no way I could get one trivia question, not let alone four or two of them with multiple answers.
0: Wait. By the way, I think I got the Cleopatra question wrong because I said Liv Tyler. Wasn't it Elizabeth Taylor?
1: Oh, you said. Oh, you said Liv Tyler. I think you said Liz Taylor.
0: I was trying to say Liz Taylor, but I said the wrong. Like you know, what, you know what I mean. Like I was thinking of her, but I said yeah. the wrong name. <laughs> well, I was. And subtract I just it. because
1: I'll subtract five points to get you down to forty-eight, but I'll then give you two bonus points because of your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> An even fifty.
0: I mean. Yeah, I didn't think it was uh, Alice, whatever. I didn't think it was the elf from uh, Lord of the Rings, necessarily.
1: (laughs) You're at 50 out of a possible 63, minus 5, plus 2.
0: So So (laughs) That's just how I expected
1: it. Yeah. Easy question for the Ironbirds. 18 Ironbirds between 2012 and 2013 either went on to play for Major League Baseball or had already accrued service time. Name five of those 18 players.
0: Okay, Steve Johnson, Ryan Adams, Christian Walker, Trey Mancini, Mike Yastrzemski. Sure. The full
1: list is long. Ryan Adams, Kevin Gosman, Josh Hader, Brandon Klein, Brian Roberts, Christian Walker, Stephen Brault, Steve Clevenger, Jason Hamill, Donnie Hart, Hunter Harvey, Steve Johnson, Trey Mancini, Jonathan Scope, Chance Sisko. Scrolling. Austin Wins, Jimmy Yacobonis, and Mike Yastrzemski. That was Yeah, alphabet. Three points. Greg, three points. All right, number two. Five players that saw regular time in Aberdeen were all Maryland-born. Of the following six names, which was not a local hometown kid? Okay. Jeff Kemp, Brandon Klein, Josh Hader, Connor Bierfeldt, Sander Beck, or Joe Velagia.
0: Ah, okay. I'm Five of the sure. six
1: were Maryland-born.
0: I'm pretty sure Connor Bierfeld went to college at a small Connecticut school and um, a Division 3 school in Connecticut. And I would guess that a kid born in Maryland would not go to a Division 3 school in Connecticut and then come back. I'm going to say Connor Bierfeld. Connor Bierfeld from Torrington, Connecticut.
1: Nice. (laughs) The rest of the kids, Jeff Kemp kids, they're grown adults. Jeff Kemp was from Bowie. Brandon Klein was from Frederick. Josh Hader was from Millersville. Sander Beck was also from Millersville, a town in Maryland I've never heard of. And two players were from Millersville. Uh, and then Joe Vallegia was from Moncton. Oh, Is
0: yeah. Is it Valegia? Yeah, Vallegia. He was, uh, I-, I think he was mad at me because he got some bats shipped to the uh, clubhouse and uh, he got cut before they arrived. And I never sent him the bats. I just kept them. I still feel bad about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i didn't check for playing time so these guys might not have actually been on a right. roster
0: i think that guy was on the roster in 2011 but he got cut before the 2012 season
1: ah okay so you got lucky on that or i got lucky on that one that you got it right you you could have had a you could have had a fight on that one if you got it wrong <laughs> uh the hard question is uh naming not the leaders in these batting average in these in these statistical categories but the number twos
0: oh boy so, okay
1: the leader for the Ironbirds. In this is 2013 statistics. Okay. So the year that you guys went to the playoffs. The leader for the Ironbirds in batting average was Trey Mancini. Batting average of three twenty eight. who was number two. And this is keeping in mind qualified statistics. So not someone who had one at-bat with, with a hit.
0: Right. Same thing
1: for pitchers, qualified players.
0: Yeah, I mean, my first instinct is yes, but I think his average was lower than I remember. He had a really high on-base percentage. So let's see here. Mancini at first, Jeff Kemp at shortstop. He was like two, around 250. Shortstop would have been um, uh, Jared Breen probably. He was not batting high. Third base was Tanner Rusts on and off. He was not high. Outfield was Yaz. He had a high batting average. Um, he's all over the place catcher austin wins Uh, let's see here
1: oh did you pull up the roster what's that did you pull up the roster
0: no 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 i'm just
1: thinking okay it looked like you're staring at a screen
0: oh no no no. i'm never (laughs) i'm not gonna cheat dude um i gotta go yeah i got mike mike yastrzemski
1: so it was not yet mike yastrzemski but it was someone who was in your book and i believe you were close to him sam kimmel
0: kimmel wow I didn't know Sam, that.
1: Sam Kimmel had a batting average of two seventy-seven and was a qualified hitter.
0: Yeah. Brutal.
1: <laughs> you closer with, was he your roommate?
0: He was my roommate in 2012, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, all right. We'll go on to the next one. This one's going to be wins. Sebastian Vader led the team in wins with seven. Number two yeah. was?
0: Ooh, okay. Starting lineup. Hunter Harvey wasn't on long enough. Steven Brault, I don't think he was on long enough. Oh, it's going to be something silly, like some reliever or something. Um, oh, boy. On the, on I the will say, Steve,
1: I'm looking at the stats right now. Steven Brault was on long enough. He was qualified.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that. I just don't think he was with the team long enough to accrue like second most wins, though.
1: Oh, okay. That's what you're saying.
0: Um, who else was in the starting lineup? God, I'm like panicking now that I'm uh, on the spot. <laughs> You know your classic
1: movies, but you don't know your old friends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so Yakubonis, Donnie Hart, were in the bullpen. Rivera, no, I think he kind of sucked that year. Um, Navarre was the year before. God, this is painful. Who else would be hanging out in the bullpen?
1: There's a reason why these are the hard questions. I know. This is- Just imagine what the fuck off question is.
0: I know, dude. God, it's it's gonna be something. I'm gonna say, God, it's gonna infuriate me when I hear the answer. Ooh, was it something? I'm gonna say Austin Urban.
1: Ah, it was Mitch Horachek with five wins.
0: God, fuck. He's like one of the only people I still talk to, and I don't even (laughs) I didn't even remember him. You know, that's how in my head I am.
1: Mitch, when you're listening to this on your car ride next week, or I guess today, because you're listening to it today, uh, know that Greg disappointed you.
0: Yeah, Greg
1: disappointed you. Greg, you're still at eight points. You're in the middle of the hard questions. You're still only at eight points. You need a Number big, cu- big t- comeback here. Yep. Home runs. Connor Beerfelt mm-hmm. led the team with home runs with twelve.
0: Team Number record. Two, in fact, yeah,
1: was okay. Number two was. And he has right. been mentioned on this podcast before.
0: Okay. It's gotta be it's not gonna be Yaz. It's gotta be Mancini. He was the only he's like the only other power hitter that year. Wins, no. Kimmel, no. I don't even know who's playing outfield. Rust, no, Breen, no. I, it's gotta it's gotta be Mancini. Mancini finally. Hector answer. Velez. Really? How Hector many Velez have- had five home runs? Wow, I didn't even know he's getting that like- only oh, had
1: 3 that year. Wow.
0: Wow, wow, wow.
1: This is uh this is shaping up to be a harder question than I imagined.
0: This uh, is killing <laughs> me. But you're killing me with basics here.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going whip. I'm not going, you know, k rate minus walk rate. Yes. Uh ERA leaders. Number 1 was Jimmy Yakabonis with 1.52 ERA. Number yeah. two. Uh, and this to be qualified is a minimum 18 innings pitched.
0: Yeah, it would have been an easy Donnie Hart, but Donnie kind of struggled at the end of the year. I still think it was probably him. Minimum how many innings?
1: 18. So just two full games.
0: Yeah, yeah Hunter Harvey had a low ERA, but I don't think he qualified. I'm going Donnie Hart.
1: Steven Brault. There's a reason why <laughs> he was qualified.
0: <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> cooked, dude
1: hey oh. you got fifty points in the classic one. That's gonna hold you over for the final. Like there is no final ah. question in, re- in reality. But the total score at the end of this, you're gonna be lo- sitting pretty because that fifty. Yeah. Now for the fuck off question. Yeah. How much did you know Matt marulo the head coach in 2013, the manager? I just called him head coach. Who the fuck calls a baseball <laughs> <I the> manager? So <laughs> <head coach?
0: laughs> like you said that like you had learned baseball from fucking Twilight, dude. <laughs> um, How much did you know Matt Marulo? How much on a scale of one to ten maybe a four I mean I was close with him but how much can you really know a guy in the clubhouse i would say a four
1: I don't know in his general talking I brought he was an old ball player so I'm sure he talked a lot about his old days
0: oh yeah uh, he
1: was he was in a member uh, a member of a, of a nonstop lineage in his family his grandfather played his father played he played and then his son played they all played for a different org they were all drafted by four different organizations name the four organizations. The grandfather's name was Lenny. The dad's Uh, name was Lynn. His name is Matt. And his son's name is Nick.
0: Tough one. Okay. Lenny was a very prolific player for the Chicago Cubs. Um, Five points there. So a fun story about Lenny and his son, a.k.a. Matt's grandfather and his father. Lenny was was playing in the game, and he got word mid-game that his wife had given birth and um philip wrigley the owner of the cubs at the time the, the eponymous namesake of the field <laughs> which i now know that word um got word down to to uh, lenny in the middle of the game and lenny was so excited that he made four consecutive errors of major league <laughs> record and they, because of that, his son was nicknamed Boots Marullo for the rest of his life.
1: That's pretty great. Um, Boots.
0: <laughs> but uh, so Boots, God, I just uh, associated all of them with the Cubs. But Boots, I'm going to go – I'm going to say Detroit Tigers.
1: Boots played for – he was in the Pirates
0: organization. Oh, my God. never would have guessed that in a million years. Now, Matt – Matt was on the Tom Kelly Twins for a while. I don't know if he was drafted by them, though. But that's the only team that I associate him with, so I'm going to say Minnesota Twins.
1: So he was drafted and played the first couple years of his, of his career for the White Sox.
0: Gah! And then his son, fuck, I didn't even know he played. I'm going to guess, based on the fact that Matt was then associated with the Orioles organization, I'm going to say his son was drafted by the Orioles.
1: His son was drafted by the Orioles and Thanks. kind of fizzled out at the end.
0: Whew, thank God. Got something.
1: So your bonus point, should you choose to accept it. Which of the Marula ball players accrued the most career war?
0: Oh man. Oh none of them were good hitters uh, that I remember. But uh, I'm gonna say Lenny because he was on that world that uh, forty uh, forty six World mm-hmm. Series team with the Cubs. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say Lenny.
1: It was Lenny. Lenny had one point four career WAR. One point four career wins above replacement. That is for an entire career. One point four in modern day days, two WAR is a replacement level player. Ah, so, so, for a career one point four, Matt was negative two for his oh career. Boy. Love him. And Boots and Nick never made it above organizational depth.
0: Oh my God! Now. They, uh, baseball is pretty bad with nepotism. A lot of people who sure. don't necessarily deserve to be in uh, professional baseball. I shouldn't say that many people, there are a lot of, it is not a meritocracy. Let's put it that way. And the it, bias tends to go towards nepotism.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, not only nepotism, but also just big names. Like if you're sure. a big name, you have a chance. Like Johnny Manziel got drafted. He was not a baseball player. He uh-huh. got drafted by the Padres. Like, that type of thing, like, I feel like teams are willing to waste a draft pick to please somebody. Like, whether that be a former player or the fans or something like that, so. Yeah. Well, Greg, overall, 78 points out of a potential 126, that's better than 50%.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm I'm shocked that I did better in the movies than the Ironbirds, but I'm glad I did well in something.
1: And if you'll bear with me for one moment, I left it upstairs. Greg, I need you to talk amongst yourself and keep the live feed active for the next 30 seconds. I'll be right back.
0: Yeah, that I can do. Uh, Maybe I can use this as an opportunity to uh, work through some of the jokes that I wrote for this week. Um, uh, I'm trans Latino now. My preferred pronoun is usted. I, I feel like I'm doing a Zoom show. like I used to do Zoom open mics over the summer and it was like this painful. I'm, I'm trans, yeah, Greg, I'm back. Thank God.
1: And I have with me the prize wheel.
0: Wow. (laughs) Prizes and everything. Okay.
1: I have with me the prize wheel and it's been in my bag for a while, so it might not spin very well. Oh, there it is. It's loosey goosey. All right. The prizes. I'll tell you the prizes, I suppose, when I spin it. Look at this wheel, man. This wheel's spinning forever. I did make it out of cardboard. Wow. You just got, well, you got a virtual hug. I'm going to get you a better prize than that. Oh. I will still give you a virtual hug. Cool. If this lands on virtual hug again, that's all you get. Virtual hug. I think it's rigged to get virtual hug. <laughs> uh, you could have gotten uh, a, a dollar per win, per Aberdeen Ironbird win over the last two years, That over that two-year span. That was $68. You could have gotten $68. You also could have gotten a penny per win, a nickel per win, a dime per win, a virtual kiss, and a virtual hug. Also you could have gotten uh fuck off. You get no prize. That was that. Fuck you, no prize. Well,
0: I'm happy you have, to have the hug.
1: Well, this is kind of bullshit. I kind of wanted to not keep landing on Yeah, virtual hug. This is rigged. It's there must rigged. be a, a cut or something somewhere on it and it just keeps landing on hug. Wait a minute, uh, you're surprised. telling me
0: that, that prize wheel isn't regulation? Okay.
1: <laughs> Bring it in for a hug, by the way. Woo! <laughs> I made this out of cardboard and paper clips. And, and Elmer's glue. So that is incredible. Uh, that looks be,
0: like prison engineering. The official, I love it.
1: It's the official prize wheel of Don't shoot, the, the Don't Shoot the Gingers podcast. It would be really helpful if I could say don't shoot the gingers. It would be wildly helpful.
0: For sure. Um, can I do a quick speaking of being helpful? One of our great helps in Don't Shoot the Gingers is our wonderful sponsors. We have don't shoot the gingers is sponsored by topo chico mineral water the water that tastes like static electricity and we're hoping that if we give them enough free airtime they'll give us paid airtime don't shoot the gingers is also brought to you by clubby uh clubby is the book that i wrote and it's available for pre-order now on amazon just type in Greg Larson Clubby. That's C L U B B I E to pre-order on Amazon today.
1: Greg, that was a wonderful ad read. I, I I'm sure Topo Chico is knocking down your door to give us dollars right now.
0: Yes, I'd rather have the knocking down my door than inappropriately touching my wiener.
1: <laughs> Topo Chico tastes like if you touched a lime to batteries and then just like <laughs> rubbed it around near your mouth.
0: Uh, yeah. It's it's weird. I don't know why I like it so much.
1: Eh, it it works, man. You like that little static cling? Will get you a little jolt.
0: Yeah, John. Can I uh, can I do a quick couple of jokes?
1: Yes, of course you can do a joke. Um, I damn it, I don't have another one prepared. I'm really bad at preparing jokes. I'm kind of the worst at this, Greg. I need okay. you to, to hold us in. What is a good joke?
0: Uh, I have a couple of I have a couple of jokes. Um, I'm trans Latino. My preferred pronoun is usted. I uh, <laughs> I met a guy who said he was a scout for the New York Yankees on an as-needed basis. I was like, yeah, dude, me too.
1: <laughs> We're all
0: fucking as-needed. <laughs> they just haven't needed me yet. Um, I'm really good at finding talented children, but I still am not allowed to join the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I'm trans-Castilian. My preferred pronoun is uth Okay, those are my jokes. They're
1: good. That's They're <laughs> good. Oh man, are you still not allowed within a hundred yards of a Chuck E. Cheese?
0: <laughs> I'm going to buy my own fucking Chuck E. Cheese, son, and just put it wherever I need to. Wow, we had we had seven listeners on the live feed.
1: I firmly believe that if you bought a Chuck E. Cheese franchise and then named it something similar, but but disassociative enough that it's not the exact same, if you call it like Chucko Chongs uh yeah. you can do whatever you want in it
0: oh yeah maybe you want to fuck fest in there john can i tell a quick <laughs> <laughs> can i tell a quick story before yep. I go? <laughs> uh, okay so there's this i don't know if i told you about this or have you seen it or anything but there's this sh- this comedy show called kill tony that, um yes
1: you've been on it before
0: yeah, I was on it last year. And like the, the format of the show is pretty simple. Uh, people, it's a live show that's live streamed and it's like a podcast, but it just is a live audience. It's a comedy show with a host, Tony Hinchcliffe, um, pulls names out of a bucket. People in the audience or comedians sign up and Tony will pull their names out of a bucket one at a time. You get one minute to do any stand up routine you want. And then they'll spend about 10 minutes just roasting you, making fun of you, telling you that your dick is small, whatever they can think of. Just absolutely is it always roasting
1: you. or do sometimes do they like compliment you? Like, wow, that was a really good set.
0: I mean, yeah, sometimes it's both. Like they'll compliment okay. you and then roast you or they'll just be okay. nice to you or they'll just roast you. It just depends.
1: Because um, the one I saw previous last year, they roasted you afterwards. And I was I didn't know because I wasn't familiar with the format. I didn't know if they just hated you. If they were just like, Oh, that was not a good set. Because I was like, I thought it was funny. I thought it was it was a it was a clever set, and then they did nothing but negatives. But if that's their thing, then that makes more sense.
0: That's part of it. I mean it just it just depends. Um Okay. So anyway, it used to be based in LA and they do road shows. That's when I was on it when they did a road show in San Antonio last year. Well, LA is shut down for comedy. So the guys who host the show and a lot of other people, including Joe Rogan, have moved out to Austin to do stand-up. And uh, just live here now. So to Kill Tony, the show, lives in Austin now every Monday night. Uh, and the first Monday episode was last Monday. Well, guess what happened? Your boy goes to the fucking 6th Street Antones. Uh, I w- interesting. I wonder if how crazy it would be if it was in my background. But it's not. <laughs> anyway, A- Antones uh, music venue. I put my name in the bucket. I was this I was the first Austin comic called in the Austin version of Kill Tony. Nice. I go up. Did they I, recognize
1: you from from before? I'm sure they see so many people.
0: They do see so many people, but I mentioned something about ghostwriting and the host was Tony who's like, "Wait a minute, have you been on the show before?" I was like, "Yeah, San Antonio." He's like, "Oh, that's right." Once I mentioned ghostwriting, he recognized me. Nice. Um I did my minute. I can't, it's going to come out tomorrow or yesterday for when Ah. this podcast goes, but dude, they absolutely annihilated me. They were like, (laughs) they were saying that I was gay without realizing it. They're asking me about the gayest thing I've ever done. And I, I, you know, I've done some gay stuff in my life. One of them was like masturbating in a basement with a couple of friends and they were asking me about what's the, uh, then they're asking me like, Oh, what's the biggest accomplishment you've had with a woman
1: masturbating in a basement with a couple of friends. (laughs)
0: Uh, and I told them about proposing to my ex of uh, my girlfriend at the time of three years and her saying no and they're like oh my god that's uh crazy and I was like here's the crazy thing is that I videotaped it and they're like do you still have that videotape I said yes I do and I sent it to them and I think this week they're going to be posting my proposal fail video (laughs) and I, I thought about it I was like This has to be a unique piece of media in the entire world because how many people do you know who have proposed and the woman said no? Very rare. How many people do you know who have done that in private? Very rare. How many people who have had them say no in private and videotaped it? Very rare. How many people do you know who they said no? Uh, It was in private and it was videotaped and they're willing to share it online. This must be a singular piece of media that I have that is going to be shared with the world this week.
1: You put a little tippet at the end, uh, brought to you by Clubby.
0: <laughs> I, I I plugged the book for a second on the show. But the, if I keep getting pulled out, out of the bucket on the show, I'm going to keep bringing I, up Clubby.
1: Dude, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh, not just for getting on stage, because I'm sure that's just a luck of the draw thing. But mm-hmm. for not only – you made enough of an impact for them to want more. And, like, true. You, you gave it to them, and they're now taking that more and running with it. and like, it's that's very true. true. Becoming something that's awesome.
0: I appreciate it, man. Uh, so anyway, that look out for that because I have no idea what the fuck is going to happen. The guy who, so the co-host for the show, uh, used to be uh, Joe Rogan's producer. This guy, Red Band, he uh, he's going to cut it together. So I have no fucking idea what he's going to do with it. So I'm pretty nervous but excited.
1: So th- when does that get released, and where can people see it?
0: It'll be released, I would guess, after it'll be released sometime this week. On, I don't know which channel it'll be on, Kill Tony channel or the Brian Redband channel. I don't know, but I'm going to chop it up and put it out as well. Well, I just don't know what I don't know yet. I'm teasing,
1: okay. And that's going to be on on YouTube, on their channels on YouTube, or is it yes, on Instagram? Yes.
0: Both, I, I guess, but I I don't know yet. I don't know,
1: okay. Well, I beg our listeners, there's no begging, they're going to want to listen to that, they're going to want to listen and watch that more than they watch us. Well, we do <laughs> yes. What you 100%. have is gold. Uh, so I, I encourage our listeners to go watch that video and uh, comment, like, review, subscribe to those uh, articles in the world. But also come back to us and watch us next time and subscribe to us next time. Uh, Greg, where can they find you after they watch that glamorous ne- uh, negative proposal?
0: Yeah, first things first, uh, subscribe to us on on YouTube. Don't Shoot the Gingers is the channel name. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Greg Larson Comedy. Find me on Twitter at Clubby Baseball. John, you might want to follow that page. I'm doing a promo for Clubby where I do the best minor, the best names in minor league baseball, and then I rate how much that player looks like their name every day of the year. every day until Clubby comes out. It's it's pretty fun. Uh, and then you can find me in. Uh, fucking on kill tony every monday i'm um, putting my name in the bucket who knows how many times i get pulled
1: i'm looking up clubby right now uh, on on twitter and jd murders how much does he look like his name 5.3 out of 10 the dude is jd down his bones and truly he is i look at him uh well done but murders no way the only thing he would kill is a plate of chili fries <laughs> <laughs> that's right excellent stuff well i i'm gonna i'd have to go back and follow that uh but As I follow that, you guys can follow me at Pumaravide. That's P-U-M-A-R-E-V-I. Well, P-U-M-A-R-E-V-I-V-E-D. I I don't know how to spell. Uh, You can also follow that on Instagram, where we have 23 followers, and I am only following three people. I will not post a thing. I
0: refuse. Get him up to 30. We need him to get to 30 followers.
1: Get me to 30, and then 100. And I believe if the ratios are right to match Miley Cyrus's totals, I need to get 540,000 followers. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's going to be good. <clears throat> I'll get that soon. Honestly, probably, probably by the summer, I'll probably have that. Um, yeah. So I-, I look forward to that. Uh, but outside of that, you can also follow us at Ginger Don't Shoot on Twitter. Uh, it's not as active as a feed as I want it to be because I'm in charge and I'm lazy. <laughs> but <laughs> until next time, Greg. What's your name?
0: I'm Merv Bagley.
1: And I'm Darren Fox. And you're listening to Don't Shoot the Gingers.
0: Bye. Love you.